You know what that sounds like? Awesome. It, it does sound like awesome, but it also sounds a little bit like the Grateful Dead. Hmm. They just did their final concerts this like week. Final, 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 final. Well, I mean, some would argue that they're done because Jerry Garcia died. Wow. But they got together with the one guy from Fish, Trey Anastasio, to fill in for Jerry on okay. the guitar. And they played three concerts in um, Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. So, I know, looking at the time. I No, I, I was just looking at your volume. Oh, okay. Why, am I not good? I think, you're, I think you're plenty good. Anyway. Sounded like the Grateful Dead. Seems like a, the intro music. Seems appropriate, given the weekend we just had. Dead? Grateful Dead oh. music. Concert. Mm. Should we start over? <laughs> no. No, keep it. This is good. <laughs> hey, it's July 7th. This is the Soybean Ape Podcast night episode of 2015. I would argue it's the Soybean Pest Podcast, but... Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Did you change that while I was gone? While Somebody you were gone, I made it. a few changes. What else has changed? <laughs> You'll find out. Uh-oh. So, um, I'm Matt O'Neill. I'm Erin Hodson. Here we are. Hey, everybody. Matt's back. I'm back. Back in the saddle. I missed you guys so much. We I missed you. The, uh, I appreciate that uh, you kept the pirate ship afloat, kept the train rolling. Yeah. Oh. Last week was a little crazy with field days and such, so I did not put out a second solo podcast, but I think we have plenty to talk about today. Let's talk. All right. Tell me what I missed while I was gone for two weeks. Well, insect activity in general is picked up, which is is great for, for, us. for us. We have something to talk about. Yeah, um, for entomologists, especially when field crops, and so that's generally picked up quite a bit. Um I think corn, if you're looking, depending on where you are, it's getting close to tasseling or silking, so that's a really important time to scout for insects, whether it's Japanese beetle, caterpillars, you know, whatever it is, you should be protecting that pollination period. And soybean, I think if you're looking, you'll find flowers. So yeah. the beginning of bloom also yeah. means that there's there could be, you know, times that you want to be scouting and looking for you know insects. Weird? You know what's weird? What? I can't say what's weird. I drove across the Midwest for my you know coming back from my vacation and i drove new york to iowa pretty much i-80 yeah right? so i saw a lot of uh saw a lot and um I, I'm, I'm thrown off by the time of year because the corn looked short mm-hmm. soybeans looked really really short mm-hmm. and it just you know i kept thinking it's the fourth of july weekend right mm-hmm. i would expect to see corn I don't know, shoulder height, you know? Yeah. I, I would expect to see beans, you know, filling in. Maybe not canopy closure, but oh, yeah. it was it was really mm. weird going mm. along. Um, and I, I was listening to your podcast, right, last week, and you were saying, you know, it was ab- abnormally cool. Yeah. A um, lot of rain. And you were saying, like, some farmers didn't even get in, mm-hmm. right? Now yep. they're looking at Yeah. Yeah, it was really strange uh, just driving across thinking this is not, this looks like June. Mm. You know, doesn't look like July. Yeah, I think it is highly variable, especially those that those that have been getting too much moisture. But like the corn at feel for some of the demos I did last week, it's over my head. Oh, it is. So I mean, yeah. I think there there is some tall corn yeah. out there. I mean, it's what did they used highly to say variable. like knee high by the Fourth of July? Knee that's high that's no longer true. That wasn't true twenty years ago, right? Because of the varieties yeah. we have. Yeah. But there were places that we were driving along. It's like, yeah, that's oh. knee high. Mm. But but yeah. but variable, right? Because yeah. of the yeah. anyway. Just uh, given what you're talking about with regard to 
um, the risk of insect pests on pollinating mm-hmm. corn. Um, for some, I should say. For some, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this variation is going to be a challenge, I think, yeah. for, Definitely. for some. And I noticed on our little list of things to talk about, you have soybean aphid. Yeah. Um, but below that, you have Japanese beetle. Yeah. Can we talk about Japanese beetle first? Sure. Is there a risk to pollinating corn? Yes, Are absolutely. You, last year, we didn't have any Japanese beetle. Yeah. Um, I've been hearing and seeing about it from not only our lab, but a few labs on campus, like uh, Allison Robertson and Darren Mueller's plant pathology lab. Um, and then also just crop consultants and field agronomists that they're starting to notice Japanese beetle. But it's mainly been kind of like the central counties of Iowa. Okay. And so that's kind of like where where we've seen them in the past is kind of that central part of the state. That's kind of where they've showed up again. And so, um, yeah, they, I don't, it's not like scary numbers. It's not, it's not a point at which we need to take action yet. Right. But they've just noticed them yeah, okay. out about, yeah. Which is a difference from last year. Where right. We didn't see anything. Oh, man, even the pheromone traps were virtually yeah. nothing. Yeah. Well, they've come back. Mm-hmm. Soybean aphid, next yeah. on the list. Yeah, um, based on my couple of teleconferences I've had last couple of weeks, people are finding them. Uh, I think if you're looking for them, it doesn't take very long to find them, especially if you're north of I-80. So the, the number of plants infested is very, very low, maybe one out of 50, one out of mm. you know 60 plants. Yeah, and sure. the number of aphids per plant is also, it's low. You know, you're looking at 10, 20 aphids. So the the aphids per plant average is very very small right now but um when when i think about some of the research i've done in the past they have a tendency to form alates the winged forms and move more readily after bloom than before bloom yep. and so these are kind of like the seed populations that will they, they could potentially spread late july and august yeah yeah so it sounds like we're kind of typical for mm-hmm. a, any year yeah and that in the next two to three weeks we'll see how those uh second round of immigrants move yeah. and distribute themselves and if we start to see those numbers pick up we may have outbreaks but it, but again we may not uh it may be a function of how what how many of those survive and you know and if we have healthy populations of uh insect predators in the fields and yeah, and I, I've said it probably many times in the past that soybean aphid likes it how I like it, which is about 70 degrees. And so yeah. I think if you yeah. have a cooler than normal summer, that that's good for aphids. You and aphids don't like to sweat. Mm-mm. Don't like to. No. So if it's unusually the, hot and dry, then, you know, that brings other things like spider mites. You picked the wrong line of work. <laughs> uh, I do like the air conditioning. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, on one hand, these cool conditions, ideal for soybean aphids. And we talked about the rain simulator, some yep. of the experiments we've we been did, doing. Yeah. Doesn't seem to have that big of an effect, knocking aphids off of plants. So um, rain isn't helping us necessarily with aphids, but the cool weather, they're maybe helping the aphids. Yeah. But on the plus side of that is probably not going to see a lot of spider mite activity this right, year. Right, right. So... Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, caterpillars. 
We're still talking about caterpillars. It's such a potpourri mixed bag of caterpillars and corn. That has got to be the worst potpourri that anybody would ever have in their <laughs> the house. worst smelling potpourri Bunch ever. Of dried caterpillars. Oh, you know what people are talking about? What's that? Thistle caterpillars. When is the last time you heard about that? If I had a dollar, yeah, I would. You could probably buy a I blizzard. Have, I, not even. I could. Yeah. Well. Um, you know, can I stop for a second? What? I couldn't even buy a, a bottle of Coke out east. Yeah. All the the Coke machines, it was like $2, well, they, they put a sugar tax on that. I, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I was affected yeah. by the sugar tax when we were yeah. out in, on vacation in New York. Yeah. I wouldn't... I wouldn't have enough thistle caterpillar money to buy myself a soda in New York. Yeah, so I've been I've been getting questions about these brown and orange butterflies, and people who I who I'm pretty confident in their identification skills were calling them red admirals and painted ladies. So they're seeing two different species of butterflies that are in soybean. They've seen thistle caterpillars and. You know, I mean, they're really distinct compared to other yeah, caterpillars, yeah. and so they they make the the they web leaves together. They're just messy, dirty feeders. There's frass pellets everywhere, and so they they look. You know, the the feeding looks more intense than it really is. Yeah, yeah. And I I've never come across a population that actually warrants a treatment, but they're just noticing all the butterfly activity, and they're noticing some of the the thistle caterpillar feeding. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and then plus other caterpillars. Yeah. Green clover worm, which I talked about briefly, still is being found and people are finding respectable numbers. And just other, you know, green caterpillars in soybean. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah cause, it's a good year. Yeah. Good, yeah. For the caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, is, is thistle caterpillar the one that has the red head and the two yellow eye spots? They're not the actual eyes, but they kind of look like fake eye spots you know what i'm talking um, about um i think you're talking about this uh, skipper um yeah the fire yeah fiery skipper yeah, yeah. um that's that'd be a different species yeah okay. but that one looks but that one looks this, like mean yeah, yeah yeah but doesn't do the same thing where it kind of folds the leaf over yes. and it's in that little it's got a little protected yeah it home. makes like a little pocket and that's yeah. what the thistle caterpillar yes. does i haven't yeah. seen thistle caterpillars before i gotta get out oh. more well okay. let's get out and road trip Speaking of road trip, what um, our B team uh, so has been doing some research on the impacts of bees on soybean pollination and the and the impact of soybean on honeybee health. So we've got about twenty some sites around central Iowa where we've put out uh, traps for bees just in you know in these soybean fields and then honeybee hives in a subset and we're measuring the health of the honeybees throughout the season so they started doing this uh, started taking measurements and um, it's been really interesting they're saying uh, there's because they're they're interested in soybean yield looking at the soybean plants and um, a lot of the fields were late in planting and even though some of them are only like less than a foot tall, they have flowers on them. And they're asking me, is this normal? I'm like, well, it's normal that they're flowering around now. I was a little surprised that it was this early, but the height is, to me, not normal, that they should be taller. I think Um, they'll flower just based on photo period, right? Right, but but they're going to have to continue to flower for Mm -hmm. a long period of time to really get some significant yield. 
Um, I mean, I always think of flowering for soybean as uh, is during that first week of July. Yeah, I guess because it's been so cool, it just doesn't feel like July to me. Mm. And, and but you're right, it's a photo period okay. uh, thing. But anyway, the um, oh, two things. I got a little bit ahead of myself. We got an email from uh, somebody at Practical Farmers of Iowa that was saying that they they had a farmer who was resorting to hand pollination of his zucchini because he didn't have enough bees in his field and um, they were wondering what's going on Um, are the bees just dying out as we've been hearing from kind of popular press and um, are we finally kind of reaching a point where wow we don't have enough or has the weather been so bad with the rain and we're abnormally cool again it doesn't feel like July to me Um, is that holding them back Um, well, the bee team uh, just finished doing their first round of sampling of bees in a variety of soybean fields and CSAs. And what they found was that uh, they could find bees everywhere they looked, uh, even in soybean fields that are surrounded by nothing but corn and soybeans. Now, they didn't find as many, but they found bees out there. Some honeybees, mostly wild native bees. And most of the bees that they were finding were on CSAs, these community-supported agriculture farms where they have a bunch of different crops that they distribute out throughout the year to shareholders. Um, yeah, it was interesting. You know, the, Despite the cold, rainy weather, there's still bees out there. They're probably not as abundant as they normally would be, again, given the weather conditions we've been having. Yeah, I mean, I think it maybe in some ways feels like a cooler summer, but if you look at degree days, we're not that far behind normal. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's it's less than a week behind. You know, it's like five or six days behind a typical okay. summer. But I think with all the rain, that does I could see that as interfering with insects as far as being as successful, especially right. mobile insects like bees. Yeah. So for zucchini, what what is the bee that pollinates zucchini? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think I know. I mean, there is there are. It's like a squash bee. The squash bee. You know, is known for you know, for other what cucurbits. Yeah. Um, I don't know about zucchini. Hmm. I think okay. my my sense is that bumblebees uh, oh. do, are real important for zucchinis, and okay. and that's a bee that um, doesn't seem to do real well in rainy rainy cool weather. So okay. Hopefully now we got a week of warm, yeah. uh, warmer and yeah. not so much rain. Things will pick up. Yeah. Um, and the crop will progress i mean it's certainly fascinating to hear about all of your bee team research and it goes beyond just corn and soybeans yeah. so I, it's that's yeah. interesting that you're sampling all those different systems yeah so we'll have cool. more to talk about i think as we go further into this but um mm-hmm. yeah i thought i'd just share that observation yeah. with you that's cool anything else hmm. coming to the end i'm not sure what else is there to talk about um i'm trying to think any events coming up this there's a couple of field days that I'm doing this summer, but that's in August. Okay. I'll share more then. Okay. Sounds good. And here come the Grateful Dead again. <laughs> Glad to have you back, Matt. Thanks. Glad to be back. Good talking. <laughs>